This week, we continue our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5e Dungeons and Dragons. This week, we're looking at The Artificer. Support the Dungeon Master's Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer, so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer, or three, or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? We're doing pretty good. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, we're uh, we're talking about the artificer from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, formerly from the Eberron book. Which I'm yes, not too happy having to spend the same money twice for the same same class. Well, you got a subclass added. I got a sub big deal. That's like changing the color of the car. Yeah, big deal. <laughs> I got to buy a whole new car because I got a different color. So, what did you guys think about that? The rewrite. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the artificer class. I'm not a huge fan. I don't know. I don't know your thought. I know your thoughts about. <laughs> I know your thoughts about about gunpowder and firearms, which is ironic because <laughs> all around us in Bill's basement, there's firearms and gunpowder. So it's it's a little hard to wrap my my head around. But I don't know. What do you think, Bill? The artificer. Um, there are bits and pieces in here that I do like. But the class overall, I dislike a lot. I, I think it uh, is a far too overpowered. Um, as you mentioned, I do not like the use of gunpowder guns and cannons in my fantasy worlds. If I want to do that, I will play Boot Hill. I don't mind the firearms so much. As long as, as long as I don't know, they're not widely available. Treated as a rare magic item? Okay. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. But my big problem with firearms, gunpowder, things like that is it is it has been my experience in the few games and systems that it decided to incorporate them that they are far too easy to misuse by people outside the class that they are designed for. Yeah, some very creative people can be very creative with explosives and the whatnot, especially with technology the way it is and people's. It's part of common knowledge now unfortunately, on how to use gunpowder in nefarious fashions. Yeah, there's that kind of metagaming yes. aspect that's hard to get away from. Right, and that's easily incorporated, and that's that's been my pet peeve for it. And unfortunately, that, that whole, that and the fact that this class spews magic. Yeah. And 
I've always been the proponent of a low magic uh, world genre. Make them use their skills and talents and their brains to solve problems and not reach into the, as we refer to it a number of times, the golf bag of magic and pull out the club they need for that instance. I, I prefer a low magic world as well. And I just, I don't know if that's because I was a big fan of uh, Conan. I'm not going to say novels, but the short stories that Robert E. Howard mm-hmm. wrote. And Tolkien's world uh, was was remarkably low magic. Really? Yeah, it was. Um, not as low as uh, the Game of Thrones world, but I do think that a low, a low magic world is, magic should be special. Maybe that's what I'm trying to yes. get at, is magic should be a special thing. And I think uh, 5e does a poor job of making it special because it seems like everybody can can have some magic in some way, shape, or form. In most cases, it's forced upon you as part of your class. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one thing that, and I love 5e, but that's one thing that I never cared much about because maybe that's because I'm an old grognard and magic, magic was special. And if, if in the early days of D&D you wanted a wizard... It was really, really hard to level a wizard. Yeah, they died real easy. Yeah. First to fourth level. Yeah, they yep. they, they were practically, uh, it's, you need to bring in like four or five of them. So they were the red shirts. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. Four uh, <laughs> hit points maximum. You you know, you weren't going to get a, a constitution bonus. Yeah, one spell, maybe two, and then you have to hide behind a rock with your dagger. Yep. With nothing for nothing for an armor class, you know, a crap for Thaco. We've been over Thaco before, so you couldn't hit anything. If anything, so much as you know, backhanded you, you're unconscious. They actually poked you with so much as a sharp stick, you're dead. Yeah, you were lucky to have what four hit points in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, D four. Yep, yep. So I mean, but I, I I like the fact that magic is available in fifth edition to a lot of classes. Uh, but the artificer, I think, just kind of went way overboard. I think, yeah, I think they did too. Now, I I will say that in the right campaign setting, I think the artificer could fit in there nicely, particularly Eberron. I haven't played in Eberron very mm-hmm. much, but I think it's uh, I think it's a campaign setting that the artificer fits into pretty neatly. Yes, Forgotten Realms. I don't know how that you know Greyhawk. Uh, yeah, probably not. Dark Sun certainly not. Kryn, mm, I, I think they're probably pretty solid fit for, for Kryn to some extent because the um, Tinker Gnomes there were, right. were uh, well, they're basically, they were they were artificers. Well, this is your Tinker Gnome on steroids. Maybe Spelljammer for this class too. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of Spelljammer. Yeah, I, I bet you it'd fit, fit quite neatly in the Spelljammer. That would be your Chief Montgomery Scott all yep. day working on the... Uh, the, the the engines, so to speak, of the uh, right. the spelljammer vessel. So what do you what do you get? I mean, you get like a lot of you get a lot of cool stuff with, with you do the artificer. You get a lot up front too. Um, yeah, right yeah. up front, you get a lot of stuff. I mean, I, you, you look. At, I mean, a constitution solid. Um, you're looking at eight hit points, you know, D eight per class. So I mean, they're they're solid. Uh, but right out of first first level, one of the class features, first one listed, magic tinkering. Uh, you know, and spell casting right out of the gates with cantrips. Every time I look at this, I I just think of the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz with a wand. Yep. Yeah. You you get um, yeah you you get to basically enchant items. Yep. Um, at least that's what it was called in like two or two point five and first D. I well, mean, now it's infusing. 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 It's yeah. infusing. Yeah. Because you're taking mundane items 
and you're using your tools because you have to have a toolkit of some kind and using your toolkit, you're, you're infusing it with magic. And it, it shed, you can, uh, uh, see it sheds bright light in a five foot radius and dim light for an additional feet, five feet. So it's good to have an artificer in the family so you could save on your electric bill. You know, he can, uh, you can put lights in the house for you. Um, whenever trapped by a creature, the object emits a recorded message that can be heard up to 10 feet away. You utter the message when you bestow this property on the object, and the recording can be no more than six seconds long. It's it, it's almost like pinging your cell phone when you can't find it. Um, or the alarm spell. Or the alarm spell, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically the same. Uh, object uh, continuously emits a your choice of an odor or a nonverbal sound like wind, wave, chirping. It's a sound machine, so you can go to sleep. Um, the chosen phenomena is perceivable up to 10 feet away. So, yeah, you can make yourself a sound machine so you can go to sleep. Yeah, or or if you have, you know, a stressful work environment, you can bring that to the office with you. Yeah, chirping birds. and Yeah, and like we need a couple down here. Working for Lou is no picnic, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> Says Lou. Yeah. <laughs> Who thinks he's just fine? Yeah. Well, let me throw another one at you guys. I know you have your script for you, but you know, try this one on for size. There's a, a static visual effect that appears on one of the object's surfaces. So it could be a picture up to 25 words of, it could be a picture or up to 25 words of texts, lines and shapes, or a mixture of these elements as you like. All I can see is, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, help me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 And the chosen property lasts indefinitely. I see a lot of those is a very close ripoff to the halls in Hogwarts. There, you know, and when when I'm reading about this this class, you know, I, and I don't want to hate on it, you know, because I think it, the the cool factor is there. But there's a lot of stuff that I think is is taken from other. Inspired by, inspired, inspired by by other other sources, uh, heavily inspired. When I read that one section, I was like, "Oh, great! Uh, objects shed bright light, uh, luminous. Yep. You know, you know the, the static visual effects, the pictures on the walls. You know, everything. And you know, screams and hollers at people. You know, so I, that was my first impression. I'm not saying that's where they got it by any means, because I don't know. But that was my first impression." Is wow! This all looks like it all came out of Hogwarts. Their uh, their spell casting, I think, is kind of cool. Yeah, where it doesn't really look like you're casting a spell traditionally. I right? I, I do like that. But like I said, there are parts of this class I do like, and that's that's part of it. You know, when you have to have a tool, and it literally yeah. looks like you're just simply tinkering with something, then you hand it off, and all of a sudden it has a magic effect. That is kind of cool. And I I, I think that you you can really add some flavor to your artificer when you're playing it by just you know making your 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 common what might be common tools just a little a little more uncommon you know maybe your um your wrench or your socket set or whatever is uh made out of a material that's a lot different than what a normal smith or or other artisan would have theirs made out of Mm. because it's necessary to channel the magical energy through it um, it would be, you know, kind of a fancy, fancy set, or maybe there'd be engravings along them that are, are going to channel that magical energy. You can, I think you could have a lot of fun 
with yeah, just your tool. Well, a lot, a lot of it's flavor too. So, yeah. I mean, what if you pulled out a wrench and it's actually made out of wood? Yeah. And has runes all over it and it glows and everyone's like, oh, he has a magical wooden wrench. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it being, um, being a, a lot of fun to play. So far. So far. I just, I don't like it. <laughs> I just, oh no, at, at first level, it so far it looks like a great character. It all goes wonky at second. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. First item listed, second level, infuse item. You've gained the ability to imbue mundane items with certain certain magical infusions, turning those objects into magic items. Um, infusions known, it tells you how many you, you know, and then infusing the item. When you finish a long rest, you touch a non-magical object and imbue it with one of your artificer infusions, turning into a magic item. The infusion works on only certain kinds of objects, as specified in the infusions descriptions. If the item requires attunement, you can attune yourself to it. The instant you infuse them, if you decide to attune to a later item, you must do so using the normal process for attunement. So you instant no one hour once you've created it, you've instantly attuned to it, which is okay. But yeah, like I said, this is where it starts getting wonky because you can create and infuse an awful lot of items at second level, and some of the infusions up there are very good. Yeah. Yeah, I think it again, I think it it kind of cheapens the the magic a lot. You know, I always had this vision and again this comes from the older editions that that I've played of the um wizard, you know, researching, heavily researching the the creation of a magic item and and painstakingly pulling together the the necessary materials. And then, you know, hours and hours or maybe even days and days of of enchanting that item. Well, well, look at it this way. Um, at second level, you start to infuse your items. You can create a plus one sword or a plus one any weapon, and I can give it to my fighter, and I can make, I believe you have to start off with two infusions, so I can make myself another infused item. So now you have two characters at level two already with magical items. Yeah. yeah. If you have a heavy magic game, I guess that's okay. You know, it, well, it, yeah, it, it depends on the, the world you're field, playing. Yeah. Field leveled. But in like in our world, we don't see magic items. What maybe third? If you're lucky, usually third. You start yeah. seeing the first magic items trickle into the party. Yeah, because like Scott said earlier, magic's supposed to be special. It, in it our is. world, it's treated as a special item. You know, and you, when you get magic, it's it's something to behold, and everyone's like, "Oh man, I want one or something or anything." Well, only heroes, or I shouldn't say only heroes, but your heroes have the magic items, and your villains, but not everyday people. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you're creating these, just dish them out after a while. Yeah, you just yeah. <clears throat> imagine can, having a whole party full of artificers. Yeah, that game breaking. I think they set it, up they set up in town and start just start selling magic, and the entire area is saturated with it. But see, when everyone has something special, no one's special anymore. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's um that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know it's uh it makes it I don't know it kind of makes it difficult to put the spotlight on one particular character and kind of shine it on them for a while if everybody is just kind of all the same if anybody can do any anything you know if everybody in the party can cast a healing spell or if anybody in the party can create you know whatever kind of magic that they 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 want or or need or desire or whatever well let's not hate on it too much let's let's move to the third level 
the artificer specialist. Then you could get to pick what kind of artificer you want to be. Um, an alchemist, armor, artillerist, battlesmith. Uh, so you have a few to choose from here. So alchemist, I will say that alchemist is the artificer that I would lean towards allowing at my table for our particular homebrew world. Um, I think I'd have to read through the alchemist real carefully before I'd say yes to that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more uh, thematic towards towards our homebrew brew world as opposed to the other ones. Yep, I think it I think it fits a, a little better with um you know like a high fantasy kind of world. Well, the fact that you know experimental elixir at third level, just 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 adding the word experimental was enough for me to to want to let someone try that one. Yeah, but there's no real downside to these experiments. They're all good. There will be in my world. Yeah, that's, that's the way it should be. And that's 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 the other thing too. It's I'm I was looking and you know what's what's the what's the potential negative for it and and there isn't. Um and that that I think there there's no risk. So how is it a reward? And and how is it experimental? Right. Call call it, you know, uh create elixir. Well, I mean, let's let's take a step back. I was just actually, you know, when we were talking about effusions at second level, I guess you get replicate item at second level. Yes, you do. And I mean, if and you there's look, a list of items you can yeah, replicate. You know, alchemy and jug. One of them's a bag of holding. One's a bag of holding. A bag of holding. if you can get your hands on a bag of holding, which apparently, in, you know, for the artificer, I mean, just you know, just check the outhouse. There's probably one lying in the bottom of that. Yeah, or just borrow that one for a while. You come back from groceries. I mean, I have like at least eight or nine bags, bags that. Oh yeah, there you go. Bags of holding. Yeah, you know, paper it, or plastic. Yeah, let's move on, please. Now <laughs> <laughs> we can go downhill real fast. Yeah, the right the right yeah. tool for the job. That uh, that kind of that kind of to me is almost like that that Batman thing where you know it's like Batman can produce something that's going to work on Clayface one day and then the Joker on the next. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. I again, I think thematically that could be that could be really really fun right so it says you've learned how to produce exactly the tool you need with thieves tools or artisans tools in hand you can magically create one set of artisans tools in an unoccupied space within five feet of you this creation requires one hour of uninterrupted work which can coincide with a short or long rest so that's kind of nice though the product of magic the tools are non-magical and they vanish when you use this feature again that's pretty neat but it, I always thought it depends on what they're going to try to build, though. Yeah, because I think your artillerist at a fairly low level can build a cannon that will fit into that space. Yeah, yeah, or a tiny cannon which fits in the palm of your hand and and lobs magical you know bombs at people. Yeah, uh, I think it could be kind of an op op class. You know, it could be a little a little on the overpowered side. Yeah. Um, Third level, you get the, your Eldritch Cannon. Yeah. So, so you know the the right tool for wow. the job. I just I always I just thought it'd be cool to have the artificer kind of be that guy. I worked with a guy once who could pretty much turn anything into a tool. You know, he was that guy. You know, if he had a butter knife, every now and again he'd have a butter knife with him. I don't know why it was a little disturbing, but he'd be able to you know screw shit in with a butter knife or unscrew it or or gap your spark plugs for you with, with, <laughs> with the butter knife or with a pen or something or some nail clippers, you know, just that kind of MacGyver-like. I think I know that guy. Character. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I think uh, this is where the OP starts kicking in. Is that third, second? It, it starts, but third, you're you're yeah. kind of you're kind of in in for in for you know both feet are in the pool by the by this point. You know, you get your in, uh, ability score improvement, your ASI at you know fourth, eighth, twelve, just you know like all the other classes. At sixth level, you get that tool expertise. Efficiency bonus doesn't just go up; it doubles. It, it doubles. <clears throat> it's it's almost like the um, yeah, it's just like the thief or, or or bard expertise. Yep, which takes away a lot from the thief and the bard. I think, particularly the thief. Oh, I think so too. Yep, you know it's um, read. You get your flash of genius at seventh level, the ability to come up with solutions under pressure. When you or another creature you can see within thirty feet of you makes an ability check. Or a saving throw, you can use your reaction to add your intelligence modifier to the roll. That's not too bad. You can use this feature number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. Uh, so that's that one's not too bad. You're kind of helping no, somebody out because you know it's like no, 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 no. The red wire, Lou. The red wire. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. <laughs> and no, don't lick it first. <laughs> I, that flash of genius. That that, I, that I one. Like. That one's okay. Magic item adept. Hmm. Achieved a profound understanding of how to use and make magic items. You can tune up to four magic items at once, and you craft a magic item with a rarity of common or uncommon. It takes you a quarter of the normal time, and it costs you half as much of the usual gold. At tenth level, things should get easier. That seems um, a little too easy. Uh, well, by this point, you have set up a uh, probably a chain of magic stores somewhere. So, like you know, Target. Yeah, so you know. or coals or something. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And then you got your spell storing item. You can now store a spell in an object. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch one simpler martial weapon or one item that you can use as a spell casting focus, and you store a spell in it. Choosing a first or second level spell from the artificer spell list that requires one action to cast, and you needn't have it prepared. Hmm. I, th- I think they're they're starting. It seems like they're toning it back at the, at the tail end here. These aren't really overpowered, yeah. Skills at the end because you've got everything on the front half. Yeah, it's very it's it's front loaded. Oh, very much so. Magic item savant at fourteenth level. You can attune up to five magic items at once. You ignore all class, race, spell, and level requirements on attuning to or using a magic item. So basically, you pick up anything and you can use it. Magic item master, you can now attune up to six magic items at once. There's a lot of attunement at these higher levels. Yep. Well, uh, that comes in to the last one, and you'll see why. And that's the soul of artifice. Why don't you bring us into that, Lou? You develop a, a mystical connection to your magic items, which allow you to draw on it for protection. You gain a plus one to all your saving throws per magic item you are currently attuned to. If you are reduced to zero hit points, but not killed outright, you can use a reaction to end one of your artificial effusions causing you to drop to one hit point instead of zero. That's pretty solid. Uh, Add plus, solid feature. plus six to your, to your armor class or your saving throws. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's, that's pretty that's, solid. That's the big one right there. And that, yes, that's not just that plus six, right? I mean, if it happens to be one of those, those saving throws that, you know, you have, uh, you have proficiency in. I and, think you add that as well. Oh, you yeah. Add that is, yep. So you can really... Yeah, plus one bonus to all saving throws per magic item you're yeah. currently attuned to. So, yeah, it, it stacks. That's quite a stack on some of them. You know, I mean, even just a plus six is a pretty decent stack all by itself. And that's, what, 30%? Plus 
plus six all by itself. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I'm no mathematician, but it's going to be pretty damn close on a D20. To even if you're just proficient at second level, you know, third level, it's only a plus two. Now you're at, at eight. By this point at 20th? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, don't roll a one. <laughs> pretty much. So then we, we get our special our specialties, you know, our art, artificer specialists, our subclasses, if you will. So the alchemist is the one that I would I would be more apt to allow in in my game. And why is that again? I, it fits thematically with the world, you know. Uh, potion making uh, fits with our our world a, a little bit better than some of these other ones. Actually, a lot better, I think, than yeah. some of these other ones. It's more fantasy related. Some of these other ones are are kind of heavily steampunky, more so than. That's why they fit Eberron so well. They yeah, like like a glove. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to say the alchemist slides into that slot nice and easy. I mean, you you may need a, a shoehorn and a hammer, a little bit, some WD forty maybe, but you get it in duck fat. <laughs> and moving right along, <laughs> yeah, you get your tool proficiency at third level. You gain the proficiency with the alchemist supplies. If you already have this proficiency, you gain proficiency with one other type of artisan tool of your choice. So that's pretty cool. It gives you more than one set. Yeah, I like that. You know, I, there's nothing more that I hate than, you know, you're making a character and it's like, oh, I'm going to pick this awesome thing. And then you go and you look at your class and you're like, oh, it's got this awesome thing again. And then so, your background has it again. Yeah. So you end up kind of like gypped out of the whole thing. You get your alchemist spells. So you always have certain spells prepared after you reach particular levels in this class. They give you a nice table to to look at that. Um, then we move into third again at third level, the experimental elixir, which isn't all that experimental. I know in our world it would be. Um, I would associate a uh, not necessarily a miscability table, but there would definitely be a a success roll, you know, based on a DC depending on what they're trying to make. Yeah, I. I think too with something like this, you almost have to have that really to make it. It should. You're you're only at third level. It's not. This is not something. Yeah. Okay. You can only do you know, healing or swiftness or resistance or boldness. There's a few. You know. There's six different things. But that that's all well and fine. But there's, like I said, it's it. They're calling it experimental elixir, and there's no ramifications whatsoever. There's no failure rate. There's nothing there. Why are they calling it experimental? Yeah. Because you're only third level. It, it doesn't seem very I, I find that I, I find that a touch, a touch misleading. Yeah, I would, you know, I would I would still use this table, but you know, for example, like swiftness, the drinker's walking speed increases by ten feet for an hour. That's on a success. You know, on on a failure, I I would you know the walking speed decreases by ten feet for an hour, but the drinker thinks they're moving faster. Ooh, new sneaker syndrome. Yep. <laughs> you remember that, kids? Well, maybe they don't these days. They just buy $300 pairs of sneakers and stand and make, let everyone stare at them. But when we were kids, you got new sneakers. You actually ran in them and, and, and would run, and you swore. You swore. You ran faster, jumped higher. I didn't swear. I did run faster. There you go. New sneaker syndrome. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. I, there should be a, a failure level on that. You know, assign a DC. I w- this is what I would do. Assign a DC to it. Yeah. Um, make it a sliding scale. 50% you're going to make it, maybe even 75. 10%, nothing really happens, but you think it does. 5%, yeah, uh, things have gone bad. I would even take that one step further. I have to DM roll behind a screen and not even tell that player what, what the uh, outcome is. And just smile at them over well, the screen. For you screeners, yeah. 
I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I could tell by the grin on your face. You're trying to bait us. That's the way to go. Screening. This is the way. Damn screeners. You got that Mandalorian? <laughs> I got it. Yes. <laughs> this is the way. All right, try this one. Get your hands off my dice, you damn dirty screener. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, so let's. We, we we know we'll put some kind of additions to the experimental, but then you move on to the alchemical savant. You've developed mastery and a command of magical chemicals, enhancing the healing and damage you create through them. Whenever you cast a spell using the alchemist supplies as the spellcasting focus, you gain a bonus to one roll of the spell. That roll must restore hit points or be a damage roll that deals acid, fire, necrotic, or poison damage. And the bonus equals your intelligence modifier, minimum of a one. So that's that's not too bad. No. That's not too bad. I, the more I read the alchemist, I think you're right. I think this would fit in our world pretty easily. Yeah, you're like a you're like a chemist. So you're pulling yeah. all these these different components out on the fly, coming up with um, coming up with these little I don't know spells that are well, producing li- some liquid band aid. Yeah, you know, other you're going to put the band aid on to help somebody, or are you going to rip that band aid off and hope it hurts? Sounds like break time. Where the hell did that thing come from? I brought it in. Time for a break. Oh, my God. You're going to piss off my wife. <laughs> Not my house. <laughs> and we're back. Sorry, Bill. Honey, get the door. Okay, Lou, is, uh, Lou is oiled and shirtless, <laughs> which is quite a sight. Smacking a giant gong in the corner of the basement. With the big fuzzy stick. With the big fuzzy stick. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. Couldn't get one of you guys up there. Yeah, you don't want to see either of us shirtless. No, no, this uh, <laughs> this dad bod is not uh, not ready for public consumption. Neither is this granddad bod. Okay, so with that, let's let's continue on. All right. Yes, uh, the dad bod is in though. I will uh, I will uh, bring that up. Uh, as popularized by Leonardo DiCaprio recently, I think in a People magazine. So so I heard. So thank you, Mister DiCaprio, for bringing the dad bod into the limelight and giving it the uh, sex appeal it deserves. So I'm rocking that size I was hoping, medium speedo I, I, at the I, beach I, next I, summer. I, hope, I was hoping that Sean Connery would, you know, bring in the granddad bod, but he went and died. Oh, that's too soon. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's, that's too soon. We still have Anthony Hopkins to hold out for. Oh, Anthony okay, Hopkins right. will bring the granddad We're bod all, back. Right. I'm sure I have hope. <laughs> so let's move on. Yes. All restorative, right. restorative, Reagents. Ninth level. You got to wait for this stuff. Um, you can incorporate restorative reagents into some of your works. Uh, whenever a creature drinks an experimental elixir you created, the creature gains temporary hit points equal to 2d6 plus your intelligence modifier with a minimum of one temporary point. That's not too bad. No, there. I can tell you don't like this whole term experimental Is, elixir. Can you hear it in my voice? I can see those... Um, those micro expressions on your face when when you say it, those little all all the uh, all the angry angry wrinkles on your face get even deeper. That, you know your forehead. Those angry looks... wrinkles are my face. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I'll let you do the next one then, so I won't. It looks you, like you, you just ate a lemon. <laughs> you can uh, cast lesser restoration without expending a spell slot. And without preparing the spell. 
provided you use Alchemist Supplies as the spellcasting focus. You can do so a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier, minimum of once, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Not bad. Not bad. I see I Le- see the lesser restoration isn't all that bad. Yeah. And I, I kind of see them having this like portable uh chemistry set, you yeah. know, on their belt, little pouches or little vials sliding into you know, into these individual little, slots. Yeah. yeah. And uh just doing their thing. You know, maybe it's a matter of shaking up the vial and, and, and tossing it or it's the blue one and the green one yeah. and it comes out orange and not purple and like ah oh, dropping that Mentos into the Diet Coke, <laughs> the two liter Diet Coke bottle and letting her rip. Shake, 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 little gray wisp comes out of it and goes and he hands you go ahead and drink it. Uh, what about that gray mist that looked a lot like a skull? That's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> it's um it's cool. The more and more I look into the alchemist, the more and more I kind of I, I like it. I, I favor this over any of the any of the others. Um, so, all, far. All, so, so far, so far. Although they're cool, the rest yes. of them the rest of them are pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have to say the cool factor is way way up there. It is um, high, but it has to fit your your world. Right, right. I mean, the cool factor for me with this class is at a natural twenty. I just don't I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about uh, chemical mastery. Boy, there's a lot of cool con- uh, connotations that has. Uh, he's that, he's that one that one party member that just can't get drunk. <laughs> I drink anybody I'm, under the I'm table. I'm glad I put my my glasses on because I was trying to read this and I thought it said create meth lab, but that's not Great. what it said. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I better put my. Oh, okay, yeah. Now that I have my glasses on, it. it of does, course, it does not say create meth lab. Of course, well, you know one of our players will do exactly, exactly that. that. At, yes, at the table, which is why it popped in my head. Yep. Yeah, you've been exposed to so many chemicals that they pose little risk to you, and you can use them to quickly end certain ailments. Uh, you gain resistance to acid damage and poison damage, and you're immune to be poisoned condition. So you've basically. You've taken so much iodine powder <laughs> that it doesn't. That, that doesn't now you either. use it instead of salt. Yeah. <laughs> you can cast greater restoration and heal without expending a spell slot, without preparing the spell, and without material components, provided you use your alchemist supplies as the spellcasting focus. Uh, once you cast either sp- spell with this feature, you can't cast that spell with it again until you finish the long rest. So greater restoration, not bad. Yeah, at fifteenth level, okay, I, that's understandable. That works. It's not that a, works. It's not a stretch. No, not at this level. So they they definitely heavily front loaded this care this class. Yeah, heavily front loaded. Now I wonder if that was intentionally or if I have to think yes because you look at every class and they're pretty solidly front loaded. They yeah, that every is a good point. single yeah. class. Yeah, you don't have the mage that's dying. Be, you know, at first level because you only have four hit points. You have a good amount of hit points. You have a good amount of spells. Yeah, you come out strong. Yeah, you come you come out hard and heavy, and all of them taper off at the end. And that that's been fairly consistent with all of fifth edition, which is okay. But this one is loaded way too heavy and way too. I heavy. would have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Joe, what do you What do you think overall of the alchemist overall impression so far. Now we've we got to get into other things, but so far, um, I've just stated that I think it's front heavy. It will not fit in our world. Still, mm-hmm. after that, you don't think so? Uh, with the alchemist 
probably, but there's still so many other things that come with the class already with the infusions and with the magic tinkering, the spell casting coming right out of the gate where you're nearly as effective as a spellcaster before you even get into your specialties. Yeah, you're um and I, but I guess in a way you are a spellcaster, right? You're just you, you your are means a of doing it is different. You're, you're, you're a half caster. You only go up to fifth level, so you know you're not getting your full ninth level spell. But, but, level. but once again, you're front heavy. Yes, you are. I believe so. Heavy. You are too. Yeah, you and come if, out of the and gates if you're, really strong. And if you're building and can, by this point, you're attuned to six different items. That's that's huge. That's massive. It, it is uh, when when you're rolling the dice. That's sort of these black and white rules options really carry a lot of weight when the dice are rolling. Now you mentioned you mentioned infusions. Yes. So what do you, what are your thoughts on on infusions for for the alchemist? Let's just say, let's just say that you allowed the alchemist in, into our homebrew world, and they, you were going to play know, one. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Anything could happen except this. But you know, it's <laughs> a fantasy world. Um, yeah, there's a few things that here. You know, you have uh, enhanced arcane focus. You can get this one right out of the gates. So you already have your focus. Now you can enhance it straight out of the gates. And there's several of these infusions. You have to be at a particular level. There's a lot of sixes. There's a lot of tens, a couple of fourteens. But about half of these infusions you can use straight out of the gate. So if you're an alchemist and you have your enhanced arcane focus, that's you know while holding this item, creature gains a plus one bonus to spell attack rolls. In addition, the creature ignores half cover when making a spell attack. The bonus increases plus two when you reach 10th level in this class. That's not too bad. Um, it requires attunement. The item's a rod, staff, or wand. I, I could see that. I think the other one that I th- pretty much every class is going to jump out and grab is your, your homunculus servant. Every class, no matter what, which, or every subclass of the artificer is going to grab onto this. This is one of the few things I like about this class is the servant. It, it's friendly to you, it's companion, it obeys your commands, it can do some ch- tasks for you. It's got some pretty decent stats, too. I mean, strength is only a four, but, I mean, I mean, you know, you're not going to have a, a strength of 18 on a teapot. But it's average intelligence, average con, average charisma, decent decks. The stats are pretty solid for uh, basically a mechanical familiar. Yeah, and who doesn't like a companion? Well, that's just it, and that this type this is the type of thing that can add a lot of flavor to your character. Well, just think about the the owl from Clash of the Titans. I was just yes. going to say that. Yep. Yeah, Bubo the yep. owl. Yep, uh, Bubo. Who? <laughs> gotcha. Oh, I can't believe you fell for that. <laughs> I can't believe it either. Yes, I can. It's been a long day. <laughs> Yeah, I think the homunculus servant is one of those that a lot of them are going to. Everyone should use. If you're going to play this class, you should be pulling one of these things out out of your pocket right from the get go because this is your this is your familiar, and it's going to be right there at your side. It's going to do small tasks. It's going to help you out a lot of stuff. I can see this one very easily jumping on this one. I don't even want to look at replicate magic item. I'm so disgusted with it. I can't even say the word. I don't even want to look at that one. I looked at it. I had some ideas. We'll talk about it later. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Lose a, lose a habitual game breaker. He is. Um, he's been drooling about this class. Between this and his damn genie. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait only, to get to that. But the that's only, all yeah. the way in W's. So. Yeah. Yeah. We got a ways to go for that one. God damn it. 
I so, like the spell refueling ring. I think thematically it, it, it would be cool for um, an alchemist. I can see that. You know, I see yeah. him having this, this big ring, kind of like a class ring, <laughs> you know, and it opens up and you got to use a little funnel and pour a bunch of little chemicals in there. I can see that too. You know, and then uh, you, uh, you, you, you know, you, you close it and then give your hand a little shake, you know, to make sure everything's all, <laughs> that's what you got to do. You got to do the shake before you, before you cast out of that ring, make sure everything's kind of mixed that's up. That's the right. semantics of the spell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you pretend you got an itch and you're scratching your head yeah. furiously. <laughs> Damn. I should have repeated. I only, I only clean, yeah. cleaned, washed and rinsed once. And that would, uh, that would come in really handy with, after a vigorous handshake. Yep. But that's one of the one of the ones that I I really think would be kind of a cool thing for uh, the alchemist. I, I envision like an alchemist character being kind of kind of an eccentric. You know, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe it'd be a uh, kind of a a a younger character who's sort of. Um, Blundering his way through the craft of alchemy. So you or, go you go with the young body, old soul kind of deal? Yeah, or or a much older, um, much older character. Um, someone who's been who's been doing doing it a long time. You know, maybe there's a lot of research that goes into it. Kind of an eccentric uh older character. Um, you know, someone that doesn't comb their hair very often. No, see, I, I see this differently. How do you see it? If I was to go this route, I would, I would be the the prim and proper, um, almost nobleman, definitely you know that the, the, a, a merchant type because you're dealing with a lot of a lot of different ingredients and you have to be able to get those. You have to be able to buy those. I mean, yeah, you can harvest, you can you can forge, you can scrounge, um, beg, borrow, or steal. But <clears throat> I think I would go with the personally. I would go with you know the the fine dressed well-spoken, well-traveled individual, just because I don't think they would expect, I think everyone would expect the young body, old soul kind of deal. Uh, the first, the first time I, you know, I read this through, I'm like, okay, I can, yeah, whether I don't like it or not, doesn't matter. I'm still going to build the character in my head. And I seen that as, you know, the well-dressed with the poofy shirt. And, like a snake oil yeah. salesman. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, or, that that merchant that everyone trusts because you can always he always has the right stuff he his his apothecary always seems to have maybe not a lot but they always seem to have a little bit of what you need and i can see that the owner of that apothecary being that alchemist i see the the home as being filled with all sorts of exotic animals in little cages or bigger cages mm-hmm. um i see him having a garden outside the back um as well as like several house plants that have some properties necessary for the art of alchemy, and that um, one house plant that guards all the others. Yeah, and then the the uh, the occasional guests that are just bizarre. <laughs> you know, the, this is the one the one person that doesn't get any guests ever at all. But once in a while, they'll get a guest that comes like in the middle of the night, or you know, there'll be a bunch of guests with uh, uh, hoods and cloaks on, but they have tails. <laughs> just you know, just that weird neighbor. Yeah, yep. Um, and every, but when you look at the person who owns, you know, your your alchemist, everything seems perfectly normal to him. Yeah, it, um, talks to himself frequently in the backyard while gardening, um, or argues with himself, or argues with himself. But maybe it's 
some sort of homunculus servant that maybe is floating around with him or or there's something there that he is talking to. He's just a little bizarre. Maybe all these uh these chemical resistances has made him just a little off. Lay off the mercury, buddy. See, I was thinking more of mad scientist. Of course you were. Well, with the restrictions or not the restrictions, but with the potential outcomes that we would probably put into our world, mm-hmm. I think that would be the perfect because I wouldn't care what you drank. You're just drinking it and it's gonna be experimental. <laughs> because you're drinking it, not me. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's this is why we don't let Lou go to my bar and make our drinks. Yep. Yeah, a couple bad experiences and their they, sanctions had to be placed on. They, they were on good the, while you were drinking it. <laughs> it was the after effects. Yeah. I, just, I was gonna say you want to know what the after effects? Listen to the first Tasha's episode. Lou got me drunk. Yeah. Well, I just brought the bottle. <laughs> so the. Before the authorities come knocking on Bill's door, uh, so the the alch this the alchemist looks like it could be a lot of fun to play. I like this one. I I do. I, it it could be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun, uh, no it matter is. how you perceive it. I still, like I said, I still am a little weary about just the the class features in the front end. The alchemist subclass, I have no problem with, as long as the the stuff that comes in the beginning doesn't get too out of hand. And that's this week's episode on the Artificer and the Alchemist. Stay tuned for next week when we talk about the Armorer. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.